0: I'm Imogen. And I'm Lauren. And we are rounding up all of the most interesting bootcamp industry news that we read about and talked about at Course Report in August. It's the end of August. Fall is just around the corner. I can almost feel it. It's still super hot and muggy in New York. And we're going to get to the news in just a second, but our
1: team at Course Report was actually super busy this August, so we want to catch you up. August was really busy, so we published our 2018 market sizing report, which finds that in 2018, the coding bootcamp market will grow by 20% to an estimated 20,000 graduates in 2018, up from around 17,000 in 2017.
2: Also this year, we asked schools about their corporate training partnerships and found that 24 bootcamps work with partners on corporate training. This year, these 24 boot camps expect to teach an additional 17,000 students via 634 corporate training partners, which is growth of 111% since 2017.
0: And finally, online coding boot camps are new to this report in 2018. About 1,900 students will graduate from full time online coding boot camps this year. And you can read the full report on our website. Uh, we hope you will. What else happened in August?
1: We actually hosted a live webinar last week about part-time boot camps. So thank you so much for everyone who tuned in and asked questions. If you couldn't make it, you can find the recording on our blog.
2: And finally, on September 5th, we'll be hosting an in-person panel discussion in New York about how to get into a coding boot camp. That panel will be made up of the admissions teams from seven schools in New York City. So if you're in New York and you listen to this before September 5th, please do come. We'll post the link. So let's hop into this month's news. In August, we read a lot about coding
0: boot camps. And in today's podcast, we're going to talk about a big acquisition and a $43 million fundraise, uh, the decline of CS degrees in our job market, a bunch of interesting alumni who are featured in the news.
1: We'll also touch on how to avoid Robageddon. And we'll talk about an initiative teaching women in prisons to code. Plus, we'll talk about all of the new boot camps in August and our
2: favorite blog posts. So let's jump right in. It seems like every month we hear about another big fundraise and another acquisition. Either way, it's always great to hear that people are investing in boot camps. So, Liz, tell us about the latest multi million dollar fundraise.
0: Yeah, coming off the heels of a $32 million fundraise and the acquisition of Hack Reactor last month Galvanize is back in the news, and they've raised $43.3 million in a Series D funding. According to Business Den, this is their largest fundraise in two years, and the recent round of funding was led by Catalyst Investors, which is a New York-based equity firm.
2: Wow, that's a lot of money. And then New York-based Flatiron School has acquired UX design bootcamp Designation. Flatiron CEO Adam Enbar said, quote, Designation and Flatiron School share the same core values and approach to education. Our programs combine technology and community to help students learn no matter what their background or prior education. And Flatiron School itself was actually recently acquired by WeWork in a stock deal worth more than $40 million, according to Reuters designation already operates out of a WeWork location in Chicago, so it should be an easy transition to being under the WeWork umbrella of companies. It should also be noted that with this acquisition, Flatiron School now has a presence in Chicago, on top of other campuses in New York, DC, Houston, Atlanta,
1: and London. So, the everlasting debate between computer science degrees and coding boot camps continues this month as we hear more about how jobs don't require degrees. Imogen, tell us which companies officially no longer require the CS degree.
2: Yeah, so an article on the CNBC website lists 15 big companies which no longer require applicants to have college degrees, and that includes tech companies like Google, Apple, and IBM. The article says that these companies consider candidates who have hands on experience via Coding Bootcamp, or via an industry vocational class. The data comes from Glassdoor.com and also includes companies like Costco, Hilton, and Starbucks.
0: That is so exciting to hear. I think four years ago, we would not have dreamed that a company like Apple would be removing that requirement from their job wrecks. And here's someone who actually may benefit from this rule. In Forbes this August, author Dan Schneider wrote about skills versus degrees. He writes about meeting a rising high school senior named Pate and Pate's dad, Patrick, Pate learned to code at JRS coding school during the summer of his junior year. And now that they're thinking about college, Pate and his dad are questioning the need. Pate says, quote, I love to solve problems, which is why I love coding. Going to college would be a waste of time for a computer science degree. Many of the peers I work with are self-taught. It would make sense for other degrees like law or medical. And his dad agrees. Surprisingly, it's always interesting when parents support these kind of non-traditional roots. He says, quote, College offers other experiences and a social network that are important to his development, but we are proud of his choice to skip college and go directly into the workforce. He's already an accomplished member of the development team at work, and within four years, when his peers are just joining the workforce, he should already be much further along in seniority, experience, and income.
1: And as companies open jobs up to non-traditional applicants, you'll need to compare your options. So DC Tech Stories podcast talks to three engineers about their path into tech. One was self-taught, one's a college grad, and then one was a, a coding bootcamp grad. So Chris has a degree in computer science and linguistics from the University of Maryland and a master's in computer science. He's now a senior developer for The Washington Post. Mary graduated from General Assembly's Web Development Immersive Program in 2016, and now she's a software engineer at Human Geo. And Anita is 100% self-taught, learned from tutorials, and she took an apprenticeship, and now she works as a developer for the Washington Post as well. Very cool. That's really cool to hear that you can get, have success
2: from three different methods of getting into coding. And then finally, I read a resource for employers who want to hire candidates without four-year degrees. But this article will also be useful for candidates to read to understand what employers are looking for. So Tech Republic's Guide to Hiring Job Candidates Who Don't Have a Four-Year Degree looks at how degrees don't necessarily show what someone knows or can do and cites stats that 75% of tech recruiters have hired great job candidates from non-traditional backgrounds. Tips for hiring managers include... Determining if a degree is absolutely necessary for a job, considering what non-degree certifications a candidate has, and collaborating with other team members as to whether a degree is really required. There are also a few great tips for job seekers without degrees, including highlighting practical experience and using networking and referrals to find roles.
0: Well, a great way to
2: really understand
0: the vibe of a coding bootcamp is always by hearing from their instructors and graduates, and we read a few of those stories in August. Imogen, do you want to tell us about the Flatiron School instructor in
2: D.C.? Sure. So technically, D.C. profiles D.C. Flatiron School instructor Robert Cobb. Cobb talks about his background teaching coding at summer camps and high school, and then his experience working as a software engineer for two and a half years at a company in San Francisco. He is now the lead instructor for Flatiron School's Web Development Immersive at their DC campus, which opened in March this year.
0: Great. It's always neat to know who's going to be teaching you once you get to a boot camp.
2: And USA
0: Today's Commercial Appeal took a look at Code Crew Code School in Memphis. They spoke with a student named Jordan Parker, who described the program. Jordan says, Quote, three hours here feels like 30 minutes. It's always engaging. It's always hands on. So it sounds rigorous, but Memphis didn't really have a coding boot camp before this. So I think it's great. And one important note, students sign an income sharing agreement that states once students complete the program and are hired, then they'll pay code crew a percentage of their income for a few years.
1: KULR 8 looks at the importance of learning to code in Missoula, Montana, and highlights Montana Code School as a way to make a career change. So the bootcamp is a 12-week intensive course, and it recently held an open house this month to make connections with local employers. Edward Weymouth, the instructor at Montana Code School, states, There is no one I can think of in any profession that coding is not applicable for. Everyone should learn how to interact with it on some level.
2: Then Georgia Public Broadcaster profiles Digital Crafts Bootcamp in Atlanta in a look at how coding bootcamps are filling the labor gap in Georgia. The piece talks to Digital Crafts co-founder Max McChesney about how 17 grads have been hired at Home Depot and why he expects them to hire more. The article looks at Digital Crafts scholarships and mentions scholarships at another bootcamp, the Clubhouse, which grants full rides and travel allowances to local Georgia residents.
0: And Slugbag did a profile of vSchool with their CEO, Mo Reader. This is a sponsored post, but it does have some really nice photos of the classroom in Salt Lake City, if you're interested.
2: And then Style Blueprint profiled the female founder and owner of Tech Talent South, Betsy Hauser-Adilby, Idilby, is working to make education and tech accessible for everyone. To do this, she has made sure courses are offered full-time and part-time and encourages grads to inspire others to code. Graduate Hannah Blackwell explains how important camaraderie and a convivial community is for learning to code. And Betsy also talks about her drive to inspire people to code and how she now offers free kids classes at all Tech Talent South's campuses.
1: And of course, boot camps are thriving outside of the US as well. We've read four profiles of international boot camps this month. Imogen, tell us what's happening in Canada.
2: So the Daily Hive looks at how more Canadians are moving into technology roles and talks to Lighthouse Labs grads Steve Abowem and Erica Little. Steve worked in the banking industry as an account manager but wasn't happy in his role and wanted a career which would work for self-employment down the line and decided a coding bootcamp was the right choice. Erica had a communications degree and worked as a server before realizing a career in tech would allow her to be more successful and earn more. And then on a related note, Lighthouse Labs is opening a second DevHub location in downtown Vancouver, where they will provide training, support, and education to the developer community.
0: And in Tech World this August, author Charlotte G. focused on Makers Academy, which is a London coding bootcamp. She cites a study that says that in the UK, computer science graduates are among the most likely to be unemployed, which is crazy. And she looks at how the Makers Academy model could be the solution. They interview co-founder Ruben Kostucki and a graduate, Anna Holland Smith, who has worked at the BBC after graduating. And she describes Makers Academy as, quote, the best possible preparation you can find for a tech career. After reading this article, my takeaways are that it does not sound easy to get into Makers Academy, but that once you do, it's pretty cool. They have a six month job guarantee uh, and it seems pretty rigorous.
1: Forbes contributor Jonathan Moed looks at how technology can bring more economic equity to South Africa. According to a recent report published by the World Bank, South Africa is the most unequal country in the world. Technology-driven change is underway by facilitating more access to money and jobs via bootcamp education. The piece mentions how locals are learning to code at We Think Code Coding School, which is an extension of 42 in Paris and San Francisco.
0: Thanks, y'all. Those are all interesting perspectives from individual alumni and individual boot camps. But next, let's talk about the pieces in August that focused on the broader boot camp search. So Lauren, what kind of guidance did Lifehacker give?
1: So Nicholas Douglas of Lifehacker explains how coding bootcamps work by highlighting two bootcamp founders, David Graham of Coding Ninjas, which teaches kids 7 to 14 years old, and then Michael Chow of Coding Dojo, which teaches teens and adults. For Code Ninjas, the full curriculum lasts three to four years and kids progress through it like a martial arts program, earning color belts as they complete different levels. For Coding Dojo, the first three to four weeks, students learn to think like a computer, and the next 10 weeks are spent on learning specific languages. This is a really nice overview of how these schools give their students the ability to learn new languages quickly, build their own applications, and become self-sufficient software developers.
2: And then a Yahoo guest post from William Hoffman at Value Penguin looks at whether coding boot camps are worth the time and money. Hoffman looks at quarterport report stats on the increase in coding bootcamp grads since 2013. He compares the different costs of coding bootcamps and looks at average salaries for entry-level developers. And this month,
0: DICE looked at whether tech certifications are worth the money and also at whether boot camps are worth it. It's an interesting take because they kind of dove into the world of tech certifications. According to this article, tech certifications can often lead to a 10% pay bump on average. And they kind of just lump coding boot camps in with these like quote unquote certifications, which I kind of get because they can't call boot camps degrees Although in a lot of ways, they're the exact opposite of a certification. So not quite sure where I land on this. But if certifications lead to a 10% pay bump, we know that coding bootcamp grads generally see a 30 to 40% pay jump. So I don't know which one's more worth it. Probably a boot camp.
2: And then another aspect to consider when choosing a coding boot camp is how you're going to pay for it. Two articles this month looked at the rise of income sharing agreements, both for traditional education and coding boot camps. An article in Newsmax looks at whether income-sharing agreements could eliminate student loan debt, gives examples of organizations and boot camps which offer ISAs, and profiles Vimo Education, a third-party ISA provider. Then Ed Surge looks at the US Department of Education's proposal to remove the quote gainful employment end quote policy, which is meant to punish college programs whose graduate student loans payments were higher than a specific portion of their incomes and compares that system to ISAs, which also tie student outcomes to institutional accountability. Ed Surge looks at how VIMO Education is now working with 30 institutions, including six colleges and universities, coding boot camps, and other alternative education providers. The article investigates whether ISAs actually place the risk of debt on the institution, the lender, or the borrower, and concludes that work needs to be done to make sure the education industry gets ISAs right.
0: The Department of Ed is trying to remove the gainful employment policy. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, it's almost like ISAs are almost like a private way of making totally. institutes have accountability. Yeah. Rather oh, yeah than doing it through a government It's Interesting. Like policy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So maybe ISAs are the like way to keep schools accountable even if there is no federal oversight.
1: Annette Scout, VP of Emissions at Flatiron School, tells hypopotamus how prospective students can figure out if coding is the best next step, and what sort of coding bootcamp curriculum and schedule is right for them. She encourages people to spend time writing code and to see if they can continue to think about it after they stop coding. For some, it will be an obvious click, and for others, it won't. So you've got to determine whether you will be effective and if it will be enjoyable. Flatiron School's admission process often helps students determine if making a career transition with coding is really the right move.
2: And then launching a career in tech may sound very daunting, but as tech becomes more ubiquitous, so do tech jobs. But there is also a fear that robots could steal human jobs. Liz, tell us about the impending Robageddon and how coding boot camps might be able to help.
0: Yeah, this is not a new concept. The idea that robots will take over or that technology will put people out of jobs. It's been around for the last, you know, century, probably longer, Um, The Hill looks at how rapid retraining, like coding boot camps, could be the solution to this kind of robo-get-in, though. To be fair, this is an opinion piece, and their real point is that instead of working on a universal basic income, as Obama suggested recently, they say, quote, responsible governments will step aside and let private companies implement cutting-edge retraining to ensure that workers quickly acquire the skills necessary for success. They cite App Academy, Hack Reactor, and Product School that teach high-level software skills in a short amount of time at affordable prices and that are guaranteeing students' jobs.
1: And talking about careers in tech, a thankful grad wrote a, a guest post for Technically Philly about how he switched careers into the tech field. So he gives insight into what others should think about when they are changing careers. The four tips include... Getting past the access barrier with free online courses and using cheaper computers and software. Mentorship is key. His one on one mentorship at Thinkful really helped his learning. Interviews are all about problem solving and communication skills. So remembering that when you're job searching. And then love overcomes failure. So you have to love coding in order to stay motivated. What
2: a lovely sentiment! And another article in Technically Philly looks at what tech skills employers are looking for in developers. Reporter Roberto Torres talks to 10 executives from Philadelphia startups to come up with a list of ideal candidate skills. There's a lot of great information for aspiring devs in this article, but here are some highlights of what employers look for. JavaScript with a side of communication skills. A penchant for learning new skills. A problem solving first approach a curiosity to learn the why of a technology, and a future-proof skill set in the form of a polyglot who knows multiple coding languages.
1: USA Today looks at how Glassdoor study found more than half of the country's top 20 highest paying jobs are in technology. Tech has the most jobs of any field in the top 25, but healthcare roles hold the top spots for the most richly paid. In tech, the highest paying jobs include enterprise architect with a $116,000 median base salary, software development manager with $109,000 base salary, and then software engineering manager with an average salary of $107,000. There are many different ways to land a high-paying job, and in tech, it doesn't always require an advanced degree, as we've mentioned earlier. Glassdoor economic researcher Amanda Stonstill talks about how many of these jobs can be earned by attending a coding boot camp or by learning different coding languages. And here's another one from
0: Hypopotamus. They look at how bootcamp grads can help build their developer network. This is with an interview with Flatiron School's Senior Career Development Counselor, Jessica Lava. This is another sponsored article, so a lot of Flatiron uh, and Hypopotamus this month. But it did have a couple of great takeaways. She says, if networking feels icky to you, choose an event like maybe a speaker you follow or a topic you're interested in, or a gathering held at your dream company's office. Don't put pressure on yourself to engage people or walk away with contact information. Just go to the event at first, and it'll kind of develop into some nice networking. And if you do talk to someone, Jessica says that a common mistake is when people focus too much on the sell and the job information instead of the person they are talking to. So show genuine interest, be conversational, not transactional. And I thought those were all really nice tips for networking.
2: And then The Independent talks to four startup founders in Singapore to ask if aspiring founders need to learn to code to be successful. At least two of the founders went to coding boot camps, and they give four benefits to learning to code if you're a founder. Number one, you can build a more innovative business because you know about cutting-edge technology and what is possible. Number two, you have the skills to turn your idea into reality and build a minimum viable product. Number three, you will know how to problem solve and fix things yourself. And number four, you'll be a better leader because you understand what your developers are working on. Are there boot camps in Singapore?
0: I feel like we need to visit Singapore after seeing Crazy rotations.
2: Ah. Anyways. Well, one of these people went to Alpha Camp. Oh, cool. And it didn't say what the other person went to. Interesting. Okay,
0: moving on. There were so many great opportunities for women getting into tech this month. I love this one, Lauren. Will you tell us what's going on in prisons around the U.S.?
1: Yeah, so Broadly, which is a part of Vice, shares how women-led initiatives are closing the gender gap in prison coding programs. Coding boot camps for prisoners has been around since 2014, but they used to be exclusively for men. Girl Develop It is one of the women-led programs tackling this problem, alongside others like The Last Mile. So Girl Develop It director Leanne Kinney, her strategy is to give inmates valuable skills so that they don't reoffend. The first program was in Delaware, and Kenny wants to expand the program to different states, hold prison office hours, and establish a pathway to tech for released inmates. The piece also mentions California-based nonprofit The Last Mile, which started in 2014 as well. It's a 12-month, 40-hours-a-week course, which equips inmates with the skills to work as a front-end developer. Its offerings have spread to three women's prisons and eight men's prisons. Also in the U.K., the nonprofit Code 4000 plans to launch coding classes in a women's prison in the next year. They actually already work in a men's prison. And then the nonprofit Code Out started coding classes this summer in women's institutions in Georgia.
0: Thanks, Lauren. Those are all fantastic organizations. And Girl Develop It has a lot going on right now. The Pittsburgh Post Gazette profiles the Pittsburgh Girl Develop It chapter and looks at the ways people can learn to code in Pittsburgh. Obviously, GDI Girl Develop It is great, but they also mention some more intensive coding boot camps like Academy Pittsburgh and Tech Elevator.
1: Biz Journals reports that Dev League is offering a $1,000 diversity scholarship. Applications are due one month prior to your desired course start date. Dev League offers 16-week full-time and 30-week part-time courses in full-stack web development, as well as new tracks in cybersecurity, data analysis, and enterprise software development. Um, All courses take place in Honolulu, Hawaii. And then Tech Republic put together a list of career tips for women who are pursuing careers
2: as tech leaders. The article has some links to some great resources, including the best cities for women in tech, the top companies for women in tech, how women can break into tech management, how women can negotiate higher salaries and more. So this is a really great article for any women in tech or anyone trying to get into tech. In
0: Diginomica, Jessica Twentyman catches up with Megan Smith, who was Obama's CTO. Uh, Megan is generally pretty awesome. And that's kind of what this article is about. Uh, She had a big hand in tech hire, if you remember tech hire, and she now runs Shift 7, which is a company involved in promoting participation in technology and tech education. And how does she feel about coding boot camps? Um, Megan says, quote, around 23,000 people will graduate from short courses in coding boot camps this year. That's our stat. Uh, And around 46,000, maybe 50,000 from colleges. We need to take all of those people into our tech sector, all of them. So cool to see what she's up to. Yeah,
2: that's really awesome. And then 11 Alive and CBS 6 look at how Flatiron School's new Atlanta, Georgia campus is focusing on diversity, partnering with Opportunity Hub to offer $1 million in scholarships for undertapped students of color. Flatiron is now accepting applications for the first class, which
1: starts on September 17th. And speaking of Flatiron, Vibe.com announced that Jay-Z's audio engineer, Young Guru, is partnering with Flatiron School, Opportunity Hubs, and Rodney Sampson to give away $1 million in scholarship funding to get 10,000 people of color coding. So that's great news.
2: So, plenty of new coding boot camps are opening or are about to open across the country and around the world. Plus, we read a lot about new campuses and general updates. First up, let's hear about a new all-women's coding boot camp.
0: Yeah, according to the University of Denver, the University of Denver has launched a 24-week part-time coding bootcamp with Trilogy. The fact that Trilogy is opening another boot camp is not news but this is their first women only boot camp so that's interesting
1: the digital journal reported the opening of a new coding boot camp in Peoria Arizona offering deferred tuition Promino Tech is a part-time 18 week coding boot camp covering Java MySQL Git debugging and more a free
2: coding boot camp is launching in Flanders Belgium BeCode, which first launched in Brussels last year and has a campus in Charleroi, is an eight-month-long program and plans to launch two more campuses this year. BeCode aims to fill the gap between the number of jobs and the number of tech workers in Belgium. Anyone can apply to the program with no prerequisites. Candidates can apply via the website by working on an exercise and a problem-solving test.
0: And according to WGIL, which is a Galesburg, Illinois news station, a graduate of Actualize in Chicago is now starting a new coding boot camp in Galesburg. It's called Main Street Codes, and they offer three types of programs, back-end web development, front-end web development, and mobile app development.
1: Coindesk reports that Chaincode Labs will launch a one-week bootcamp to teach developers how to build apps for the Lightning Network, a Bitcoin technology, in New York in October. So Chaincode Labs has run similar programs focused on Bitcoin technologies in the past, and they call this program a residency. They have a rolling admissions process, and any experienced developers can apply with no Bitcoin experience required.
2: A new coding bootcamp is opening in San Joaquin, California. RecordNet reports the San Joaquin County Office of Education announced the launch of ConeStack, a nine-month-long immersive coding school operated through the Center for Educational Development and Research. The program will include hands-on workshops, one-on-one mentoring, and real project experience.
1: Georgia Tech announced it will start a program in Gwinnett County, Georgia, in January 2019, where students can earn a certificate in various skills that workers hope will result in higher-paying careers. Similar boot camps are currently done in Atlanta and Savannah but this new campus will teach coding, web development, cyber and network security in Petrie Corners.
2: Back in June we read reports that some students were questioning the quality of education at Origin Code Academy in San Diego after it was revealed that the boot camp was having paperwork problems with the BPPE. Well since then Origin Code Academy has officially been approved by the BPE and 10 news reports that at least two former students have received refunds on their tuition. In a previous 10 news report, Origin Code Academy CEO Jeff Winkler said coding was difficult, but he was willing to talk to the students about getting their money back. According to Disrupt Africa,
0: Andela Coding Bootcamp has been selected to take part in an accelerator program Cap communities, to equip entrepreneur ecosystem leaders with tools, resources, and connections to catalyze impact investment. So congrats to the Andela team.
1: CAJ News Africa reports that Hyperion Dev has secured an unspecified amount of investment to drive its expansion and scaling internationally to 40 countries. The in-person school will be rebranded as CoGrammer while retaining the name Hyperion Dev for its online coding bootcamp products. Hyperion Dev received UK and United States-based venture capital funds in its last round of funding. However, the final investors in this round has chosen to remain private. The round of funding comes after Hyperion Dev won First prize in Facebook's Innovation Challenge, securing $230,000 in funding from Facebook, in addition to several grants from Google and the Python Software Foundation.
0: Okay, so tons of news in August. Lauren, do you want to tell us about the new boot camps that we added to the
1: course report directory this month? Yes, I'd love to. So we have Product Faculty, which is in Toronto, Canada, PWNY Labs, which is in Bali, Indonesia, Jack's Code Academy in Jacksonville, Florida, Promeneo Tech, Imperial, Arizona, Inventive Academy in Austin, Texas, and then Code States in Seoul, South Korea. And then what was
2: everyone's favorite articles on the blog this month? Liz, maybe you can go first. Yeah, sure.
0: Okay, I put together a piece this week, very recently, about boot camps with start dates in the fall. You're probably hearing a ton of back-to-school commercials, which isn't just for middle schoolers. So we chose about 14 schools that are starting soon, and that's a great place to begin your
1: research. And then what about you, Lauren? It was fun to speak with Chance Payne, a computer science grad and a self-taught mobile developer who now teaches the new Lambda School Android course. So he shared the ins and outs of Android development. So if you want to know how to get started in Android, that's a really great guide to get started. So I really had fun writing that piece.
0: And Imogen, what was your favorite piece to work on for the course report blog this month?
2: Well, I enjoyed shooting and editing a video interview with a coding bootcamp grad who decided to stay on at his bootcamp and teach new students for three months before starting his official job search. We spoke to Marshall, who became a Full Stack Academy teaching fellow, about the new skills he learned while teaching and how those will be applicable to his future career as a software developer. This is a great watch for anyone considering their next moves as they graduate from a coding bootcamp.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I learned a lot about teaching fellowships, teaching assistantships. Um, I feel like that's a path that a lot of students take, but uh, it was really cool to do a deep dive on that. Well, thank y'all for publishing those on the blog this month. And thank you for tuning in. As always, we love feedback. So please email us at hello at coursereport.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help other future bootcampers find it by going to iTunes, subscribing to the Course Report podcast, and leaving a review. And we will see you in September for the next Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. Bye. Bye.